Hello, and welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Dana Phillips. Today, we are chatting about emotions and anxiety. What are emotions and the possible root causes for anxiety? Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. And I'm joined today by Dana Phillips, the Master Emotional Wellness Coach, specializing in anxiety and emotional flow mastery. She is a certified health and life coach, certified anger management specialist, and domestic violence specialist. Dana works with people throughout the country, helping them embrace their anxiety and emotions so they can feel confident and empowered to live life by their own design. Dana, I'm thrilled you are here, and I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. It's wonderful to be here. And I would love to just like start off with your journey. What led you to becoming a master emotional wellness coach? Well, my own anxiety for one, you know, I've, I've had anxiety since I was little, even before I knew what anxiety was. When I first uh, started coaching, I was still working in the medical field, uh, part of a large healthcare system. And uh, I was just doing coaching. I just started doing coaching part-time, you know, doing self-love, um, doing um, a lot of personal empowerment for CEO women. And eventually about three years ago, just moved my niche from um, self-love and personal empowerment to anxiety because I realized uh, that before we even get to the self-love part, we needed to um, really work through some of the anxiety. I mean, that's that's really my journey. I mean, it's my own self-exploration, kind of learning to recreate myself and, and helping other women to do the same and men. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting that it's our own journey sometimes that leads us to what we're, we become experts in coaching in. That's for right. sure. Right. You know, I said we were going to be talking about emotions. Can we just like start at the very beginning? Like, what are emotions? What's a good working definition? Because I don't think people necessarily use the correct definition. They kind of use it interchangeably. Yeah. So such an important question. So emotions are really thoughts, I mean, are reactions to thoughts and experiences that bring up feelings that we feel like um, happiness and sadness and anger and fear. And, you know, we tend to fear the emotions when they come up when it's something. And I don't like using positive or negative emotions. I don't believe in positive or negative emotions. I believe all emotions are healthy. It's just learning how to um, express them and how to work with them. So when things, when emotions like fear and anger and sadness come up, we think that there's something wrong with us. And so we try to, um, to fix it. There's not anything that really needs to be fixed. It's just learning how to work with it and honor it. A good friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about just a lot of different things in general. And we were, we got to talking about, you know, our emotions and, and, being truthful with how we're feeling about different things. And, and it just so happened this morning that I was reading this 
this quote and it just kind of struck me. So I'd like to read that and just kind of see, get your feelings on this. And I believe it was by Peter Crone. And he said, what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. And when I read that, it was kind of like a, like an, I don't know, almost like an aha moment that that's so simple. If we could just stop beating ourselves up about things that have happened and, and the emotions that come up around those. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? So I agree with that so much. Um, I am a, um, a domestic violence survivor and rape survivor and homelessness survivor. Um, and so I, I, those experiences all brought up emotions and, and their own traumas that, that come along with it. Um, but I use the, those experiences now and my emotions and how I learned how to deal with it and work with it. And I use it as an opportunity to connect with other people that have are either going through, have come through the other side of their experiences. And so I agree with that so much because I think that everything that happened happened exactly how it was supposed to. And my 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 take on it now is just creating opportunity to be able to connect with others on a very human level, right? Um, to be able to help them and work with them and become a lighthouse for them essentially. So then that way, if they choose to become a lighthouse for somebody else and to help somebody else. But I think it allows us a very human connection um, when we just identify that experiences are, are exactly how they're supposed to be. I love that visual too, um, a lighthouse. I just love that. Yeah. So what is the difference between moods and emotions? And that's where I was going earlier when I said, I think people use the word emotion interchangeably with like feeling or mood and they're, and they're all different, right? Am I, do I have that right? Yeah. So, so basically you would, you would start out with an emotion excuse me. And, and again, emotions are reactions to thoughts and experiences. And, and you, you brought up the other, the middle child, if you will, which is feelings. <laughs> and, and the feeling is what we feel in our body, right? So it, it'll start out with the emotion. It'll, the emotion will release a chemical reaction and we feel it in our body, right? So the feelings that are caused in our body, especially like if you feel anger, you might feel a tightness in your chest. So there's a physiological reaction that happens, Right. When we're nervous or excited, chemically, our body does the exact same thing. But um, the only difference between um, uh, feeling nervous or excited about a situation is the the mental outcome that we've attached to it. So if you're nervous, we've excited, we've attached a negative outcome. If we're excited, we've attached a positive outcome. So the 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 it starts with the emotions. Then it goes into feelings because that's what we feel in our body. And what mood is, it's a longer lasting emotions. Now moods can last a day, moods can last a week, moods can last a couple months. Moods can actually even um, at times turn into personalities. So if you ever think about like how we're describing people, oh, Sally's such a happy person, mm. or you know, John is always, is, is an angry person. And so we create, we can actually create a personality from a mood that has not reconciled, which are emotions that haven't reconciled. That's really interesting. I had not heard it explained exactly like that. So thank you for taking us, taking us through the 
the, the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts. I appreciate that because like I said, I, I've talked to many people that use it interchangeably and I, and I just wanted to get that out to our listeners. Yeah. And you also work, you t- said you work with anxiety. Are there different root causes for anxiety? I'm going to back up and say, I think that I know that anxiety is a natural, necessary emotion. Mm-hmm. But what are the underlying causes of anxiety? Let's define what anxiety is before we get to the causes, right? So anxiety is an emotion along with a memory that got stored in our part of our brain called the amygdala, and it's stored there. And what it does is that it just really wants to keep us safe. So it'll continue to run almost like a like an antivirus in in our in our back in our memory bank, right? So you go throughout your day and you're fine. And, so, and if you have some kind of social anxiety, you know, you're going throughout your day, you're okay until you get to the supermarket and you're pulling into the supermarket and you just know that right before you go in there, there's going to be an issue. And so you start to not feel it in your body. There's a whole reaction thing process that happens and you start feeling the anxiety itself. But what it is, is that your mind is just letting you know, hey, there's, remember that time that this thing happened and it didn't turn out so good. So we need to protect you. So you're right in saying that anxiety is a very natural reaction. Anxiety is really meant to protect us and keep us safe from the initial thing that caused the anxiety and the trauma in the first place. So trauma can be passive or aggressive, right? More emotional, uh, passive traumas are um, emotional neglect, emotional abandonment, things of that nature. Now, what ends up happening is that it'll it'll manifest itself again in, in different types of anxiety. So there are, you know, five usual different types of anxieties, PTSD, OCD, general anxiety disorder, panic, uh, panic attacks. And so what we end up doing is that depending on the trauma itself, it'll fall into one of those, those types of anxiety. So when, when we ask, you know, what are the root causes? It's the root causes genuinely an experience that, and along with the emotion that has gotten basically trapped into that brain that hasn't been reconciled. And so one of the things that I do with my clients is I help to reframe that experience. So the experience happened, we understand the experience happened, but now it's time to start reconciling it and start to work with it. So then that it, that way, that picture, that app isn't running 24 seven to try to keep you safe. And we allow the logical part of our brain to come in and now question that part of it, right? So, you know, PTSD is is something else that comes through, you know, social anxiety, PTSD, those type of things. When they when they start, when the, the client starts feeling anxiety, or myself, I start feeling anxiety, I can question and say, okay, am I safe? What's happening right now? Am I having a reaction to what happened to me before? Okay, I can check my surroundings. I'm safe. I can do some anxiety coping mechanisms that I've learned. And that's what I teach my clients. And then I get through it. Now, once that starts happening and you create a pattern and a habit, that healthy new habit, that new default, because you only had one default before, now you're creating a brand new default. The unconscious mind will now start swaying to that. And that'll be its new default. And so once you start doing that and and that becomes your new default, you become more confident because you know that, okay, 
That's my anxiety. I know what to do. I know what my triggers are. I know what's happening right now. I got it. I can go ahead and, you know, take care of it now. And now this becomes an empowerment versus debilitating. And you mentioned panic attacks. Is is that the right way to approach some if someone is having a panic attack? Just help them um, ask that question. Am I safe? So with panic attacks, um, one of the first things that we do is we we need to try. Well, what I do is I help them kind of bring them back into the present time because they're they're not feeling safe for whatever reason is happening around them that they're not feeling safe. So different types of of uh, of therapy that we use, water uh, therapy is super effective. Breathing, however, the only thing with breathing is that we have to be careful with the breathing because it, if they're not breathing properly, it can throw them into uh, hyperventilating, which becomes obviously, you know, counterproductive to what we're looking for. So mental grounding techniques, tapping is very effective. Acupressure is very effective. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to try to give the mind, which is where the, the panic attack is starting, and give it another job. So what's happening is that I would say, okay, Cynthia, what are you feeling right now? I'm feeling the anxiety. I'm feeling like my chest is tight. My stomach is really in knots. Okay, I want you to just look around to you right now and tell me five things that you can see. And then you would look around and you would tell me, I see, you know, all the things. Now, four things that you can hear. Now, that's going to require you sitting quiet and paying attention to what's going on around you. Three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, one thing that you can taste. The unconscious mind, which is where the, the anxiety is, is very sensory based. And it can't handle both jobs at the same time. So what we're doing is we're literally giving the mind a brand new assignment. I'm switching it over from the panic of what was happening here to now this job, which again, the, the, the mind is very sensory based. So it's going to be quiet and listen to what's happening around, looking for the textures, looking for certain things, and now focus in on that. I appreciate that so much because I have a friend who has started having panic attacks out of the, I'm going to say out of the blue. She's never mm -hmm. had them before. And, and she was just saying to me yesterday, she doesn't know what to do and nobody seems to be able to help her. So I'll give her your contact information. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I'd be happy to, to help her. At least give her some tools um, to work through them. I'm going to jump back just a second because I want to go to my favorite question. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? So when you first asked me this question, I thought this was such a beautiful question. Um, I love exploring the seasons of life because my approach, not just to business, but to life itself is, is really being like nature and being like a tree. And I use this example so much um, with my clients. You know, I, I learned to start practicing detachment. And detachment really for me is seasons of life because, you know, nature doesn't get attached to every season that happens, right? So, you know, spring comes and then, you know, we have the buds and everything is blooming and everything is wonderful. Summer comes and, you know, the fruits are ready to be picked and harvested and all of the things. And then winter comes and, 
now or the fall comes and now the, the leaves start dropping and the branches kind of start going and then winter comes and you know everything kind of goes into hibernation and, and everything just kind of starts shutting down so it doesn't for example like the trees itself they don't try to hold on to what happened last season it doesn't say oh i loved summer so i'm going to just always be in summer it doesn't work that way it understands the natural process of life and how you know allowing things to come and allowing things to go and i think that once we start learning how to practice detachment at least in my my experience learning how to practice detachment um, within life, it, it allows for a certain um, fluidness, right? So I allow for flow. I allow things to come and to go and to just be knowing that I loved it. I, I appreciated the time. I was in gratitude for the person or the situation and things come and things go. And that's absolutely okay. Um, holding on to uh, certain one of situations or people, that's where suffering comes in. I believe that pain is a natural part of life, but suffering happens when we, when we are in a state of attachment, if you will. Yeah, we talk, well, obviously we talk about the, the exploring the seasons of life on the podcast all the time, because that is, like I said, my favorite question. And so I just love the different viewpoints from my guest and, and Dana, that with the, um, have not have an attachment and not holding on to the last season. That's just beautiful. It's very life changing. Um, at least it has been for me. Once I started and and I, and I say that respectfully because I had to learn that <laughs> I had to learn some more lessons behind that. Right. But, but now it's, you know, it's just, I just say, okay, things are the way they are and, and everything happens exactly as it should. And, it's just more peaceful way of, of being, uh, of, of experiencing and being in real gratitude for the things that happen. You know, I mean, relationships come, relationships go and things happen. And you're just like, you know what? Every relationship, good or bad that happened, I am so grateful for because it taught me something. Every relationship taught me something. And there was a love that was experienced. I never, um, I'm never... I never regret any opportunity to love or to receive love. And, you know, one of the, the things that we also that I also talk about is, you know, that beginnings, endings and those messy, that messy middle. And it's yeah. that messy middle, so to speak, where where all those learning opportunities come in and, and having gratitude for that messy middle. It takes us to the other side. A hundred percent. Yeah. I believe that so much. It's like the, the butterfly, you know, the, the changes with the, with the butterfly, it goes in as a caterpillar and it has to become this entire gooey mess, right? Basically mm. disintegrate everything that it knew from one life and now emerge as this entire new being, um, learning that it ha it can trust these things on its side. Now, instead of crawling around, now it's flying. You know, it's, it's an entire new perspective. It's an entire, and it just, it just trusts. It just knows that it's going to be okay. You know, I don't need to hold on to this other part of myself, this old part of myself. And, and as, you know, painful as the transition is, you come out just, you know, being this beautiful monarch <laughs> and just you know, going from, from flower to flower and, and, and floating around and it's beautiful. But, but the process before there, it was, you know, it was difficult. 
And that just reminds me, I was on your website and I love your website. It's got so much good information on there. And I was reading about your process, the power of three. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit in terms of helping someone manage their emotions? Again, all processes that I myself went through that I understood that made sense for me. Um, and so once I started learning to to work with them and apply them to others, it just it, it, it's really, really a powerful process. So the power of three is identifying, integrating and releasing. So identifying would be identifying your, you know, your traumas and your roots, but more importantly, your core needs. And we, we identify core needs based off of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg's um, uh, theory and nonviolent communication core needs. So we identify core needs. And then as we identify core needs, we start defining and then having the opportunity of redefining. So core needs are like love, peace, happiness, trust, safety, security, autonomy, those type of things. And we learn to really ident uh, define them. So then that way we understand, okay, if I'm still defining certain things from trauma brain, now I have, that's one of the things that we can reframe to something healthier. So that's the first part of, of, of the process is identifying. The second part is integrating. So just like we were talking about from that first um, part of it, which is identifying the core needs. Now, as we start to redefine, we start to integrate some of those things into our daily life because the unconscious mind needs proof of life before it'll let something else go. So we start to, you know, look at things differently, change, challenge our old thoughts and beliefs because a belief is not a fact. A belief is just a thought that we just keep thinking. Um, and so it needs something else before we can actually start releasing all those old cycles and beliefs. And that's really the third part. So the release part, before we even start releasing, we need to have something else in place. Otherwise, the mind is the unconscious mind isn't just going to say, OK, well, I, I'm not going to just sit out here in limbo like I need something else. <laughs> we actually give it that opportunity now to to release those those old cycles and those old beliefs and patterns um, because we've set in something healthier uh, to replace it. So as an example, when you're identifying the core needs, mm -hmm. so you don't work and I'm. And I'm Thinking about this in terms of, well, you did say at the beginning, there's no bad emotions and there's no good emotions. It's just emotions. So when you're identifying core needs, it's just whatever that person needs is where you're starting from. Right. So core needs um, are like, for example, uh, one of my core needs is love and love um, can be can be looked at as in connection, affection, understanding, empathy, things like that. So, so when I say love, my definition of love might be super different than your definition of love. Now, my definition of love ten years ago, off of where I was relationship wise and coming out of certain relationships, my definition of love was very different. My definition of love was love is pain, and mm. so what happens is that until you can start saying, okay, well, what are your needs? So my need might be for safety, security, trust, you know, autonomy, peace, well-being, creativity. So what are your core needs? And then defining them now becomes your foundation. Because when you can identify what that looks like, now you can start looking at other things differently. This is where you can also start recreating your life. Because clients that come to me, 
they are their anxiety. They are the, the, the person of anxiety. Like, hi, my name is Mary. I am anxiety. Like, that is that, that is their identity. But once they understand that anxiety is a symptom off of something that happens to them, then it's okay. Well, I'm, I'm Mary. I have anxiety, but I'm still a CEO. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm all these things. Okay. Let's start pulling away those labels, Mary. What are you? And Mary says, I have no idea who I am. You know, I'm, I'm 50 years old and I have no idea what, what I am. And I say, okay, well, what would you like to be? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, would you like to be a good person or a bad person? And Mary says, well, I want to be a good person. And I say, okay, well, what does a good person look like for you? How does she act? How does she behave? What does she do? What does she wear? And so we start creating that off of a new perspective now. And now Mary can start embracing that new person that she's creating for herself. But she has to create something new before she starts to fully release everything else. Otherwise, the mind isn't going to work it. The, the unconscious mind needs proof of life before it it releases those old cycles because that's what it needs because that its primary job is just to keep us safe. And so before it'll let us let the old cycles and patterns go because that's what kept you safe all of those years, it needs something else to say, oh, okay, that'll work. I can do that. All right, I can let these other things go now. I love, love that you're letting... The, the clients define whatever their core need, just like we were talking about in the very beginning, defining emotions, defining anxiety, really defining love, for example, what that means to them. Because you're absolutely right. Love can mean many different things to many different people. And I just believe that that awareness is so important for ourselves. So much, so much. And it's all self-awareness, right? Like giving yourself permission for that. But yeah, once you can identify that, I mean, it gives you permission to start creating the person that you want and, and you know, manifesting things in your life that you, you, you really want and you deserve, but you didn't know that you deserved because someone else put their limitations on you. And so, you know, there was an entire cycle that needs to be reconciled before we bring something else in. But how empowering is that for, for you to, for someone to say to you, hey, well, what do you want to be? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. Okay, well, let's, let's start really, really simple. And then just a little bit at a time. And then being that person each day. So, okay, Mary, what is one thing that a good person would have done today? What's good person Mary doing today? And then she would report back and she says, well, I would do this. Okay, well, that's wonderful. So my programs, difference between coaching and therapy is therapy is can last for years and that's fine. Whereas coaching is a very goal oriented program and my clients are very in, are engaged in their healing. So even when we're not in session, they're, they're still working. Yeah, that make that makes perfect sense, because when you say that they're still working, that you've given them, I'm going to I'm going to use the term homework or assignments. Focus assignment. Yes. Focus assignments to do. Well, while we're talking about identifying core needs and, and all that, can you just give our listeners maybe just a couple of healthy lifestyle habits that are easy to integrate into their life to manage anxiety and stress? 
Yeah. So the easiest thing, um, I'll give you two. So the easiest two to go with are the emotional check-ins, ECIs. And you can even, you know, set timers throughout your day for them, like little reminders, um, emotional check-ins, ECI, and basically um, just check in with your body. So, you know, what's the emotion that you're feeling? Where in your body are you feeling it? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most intense, where is that falling for you? Right. And then how did you get there? And it could be anything. So I'm feeling really, really happy right now because, you know, I just got a great, uh, you know, 90 day review from my boss and I feel it in my stomach and my chest. and I'm so happy. Wonderful. That's great. That's wonderful. So just honoring those parts of yourself and and seeing where it is in your body that you're feeling it. The other part of that is um, doing some some breathing techniques and. Um, the reason that that's important is because it allows the emotions, whether they're you know healthy emotions and negative emotions or whatever, and however you just want to put it, how, allowing these emotions to come and to go. And so with the breathing technique, and there's different variations of it, I like to use uh, five, five, five. So breathing in through the nose for five seconds, holding for five seconds, and then a big release out through the mouth for five seconds, all the while seeing the numbers in your mind's eye as you're counting and you're breathing because remember we need to give the mind a job so when the mind sees the numbers it does uh it, it will take it away especially if you're feeling anxious it'll take away from that anxiety brain and it gives the mind a job for something to focus on i like the i like both of those techniques but that breathing i was just doing i was doing it as you were talking i like that yeah, it's super effective. And breathing is honestly one of the easiest ways to get your anxiety um, under control, especially when you're really starting to get anxious. Um, five, 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 breathing, uh, the mental grounding. I like to couple those two in the mental grounding, five, four, three, two, one, five things. And there's again, there's different variations of that, but I like five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch two things you can smell, one thing you can taste, and then doing the, the breathing. I'm, as we've talked about a lot, and I'm, and I'm thinking that I really should have broken this up into like just one topic because everything that you have gone over is so incredibly important. But if we had to just kind of like narrow it down, what would you say is the one big key takeaway that you want our listeners to get from this episode? Anxiety emotions are healthy and you can use them as your superpower. And once you learn how to, and you give yourself permission, you will literally create a completely different life for yourself, a life that is confident and empowered and the life that you deserve. So please embrace your anxiety and embrace your emotions because you are beautiful. Mm, thank you. Yes, ma'am. And the last question before we get to all your social media and where folks can find you is what would you thank your 18 year old self for? I thank her for trusting her intuition. Keep trusting your intuition. Yeah. Dana, how can people find you? How can they work with you? 
So um, I'm available on Instagram and Facebook um, at Coach Dana. My website is www.snhcoaching.com. My company is Stage and Harmony Holistic Coaching Services, and I'm here in Georgia. I provide virtual and in-person visits, and I offer free consultations. Now, let's just spell your name because yes. it is not spelled. <laughs> so it's under Coach Dana and Dana. Coach Dana. Yes. D-E-Y-N-A. Yes. Actually, I love the spelling of that. Thank it's you. It's just so, un so unusual. I have loved having you as a guest, and I would love to have you back and just kind of break break this down and maybe to just one subject because I feel sure. like we could just like go like really, really deep and go deeper in like your processes and everything because yeah. you are just a wealth of information. Well, thank you. Well, it was wonderful being here and I would be honored to return. All right, friends, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I have partnered with doTERRA Essential Oils, and just one of the many reasons I'm so excited is because it's in total alignment with the podcast and the topics that I am passionate about. Topics that encompass the human experience, self-care, stress management, resiliency, grief, and our emotional health. And I love, love their uncompromising commitment to purity and being a company with a conscience. I truly feel this is a beautiful fit with my mission to serve and support women in every season of their life, beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. I'm also doing this for my overall well-being and want to share my journey with you as I rediscover the benefits of essential oils. Contact me to get started on your journey. My email is cindy at cynthiamacmillan.com. Thank you.